you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live as always in New York City. Uh, it's Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Kyle's got his Angry Run shirt right. on because what kind of postseason day do we have gifted to us today? we got an awesome one. Yeah? We, when we go to the playoffs, we go from Angry Runs to Angry Round. That means it's not just ball carriers. i got some fun stuff today. Okay. i got some defensive guys. I have Love some blockers. It. I even have an Angry Run in the media that I'm very excited to share shortly. Could we get Lamar Jackson angry running into the tunnel like Bo Jackson? Does that count? Is that an angry runner? I think it's more of a cool play. Bro, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool play. Bro. Right. truck anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some thoughts, right. though. Media okay. media angry runs. Very uh, very full show. Media angry runs. I know. To think about that. From different networks, too. Like We got all kinds of stuff, guys. Oh, boy. All right. Yes. All right. Yeah. People are uh, fighting for that interview spot, mm-hmm. I guess. So, if you haven't heard, the Titans have a new head coach, and our own Tom Pelissero, of course, will be joining us a little bit with all the details from Cincinnati to Tennessee. But for now, let's get to the conference championship matchups, and it's time for the lead block. Lead block. Uh, We had another epic Mahomes-Allen showdown on Sunday night, as Peter Schrager so eloquently tweeted last night. Big eyeball number on that one. Big viewership number. You teased it, right? Did it come out yet? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'll just fly on you. I know it. Okay. There's a five in before. Yeah. Peter. That's a 50. Yes. That's... Big time. All right, 50 so. 50 million eyeballs. Oh, my goodness. But in the end, it was Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs who came out victorious and advanced to their sixth straight AFC championship game. Here's what it sounded like in Kansas City's locker room after that win. Hey, listen, no dancing today. Right? No dancing today. We got we got more to do, right? Yes, sir. More to do. Yes, sir. But you know what? We're going to enjoy this one like some of us. Hey, listen. Hey. They asked for it. Yeah. And they got what they asked for. Yeah. Hey, but he said it. This shit ain't done. Yeah. We come back next week uh-huh. ready to f-ing go. And turn it over notch. Chiefs on three, one, two, three. Chiefs. Yeah. And the Chiefs have to be ready to go in Baltimore this time. They're going to have to turn up a notch on Sunday. The Ravens are opening up as favorites against the reigning Super Bowl champs. The Ravens have played great at home. So does it feel like Lamar and the Ravens should be favored over Mahomes and the Chiefs, Peter? 
I, I, I'm not a Vegas guy per se yeah. as far as let me list you underdogs and favorites over time. But I did go into uh, a trusted Microsoft Surface where they have all sorts of information <laughs> from the interwebs. Do you know from November 1995 to 1997, so from November 95 mm-hmm. through the 1970, the Chicago Bulls were favored in 185 consecutive games. They what were never under okay. Home, wow. on the road. And this is the second three-peat. Second three-peat, yeah. 95 okay. wow. to 97. Got it. But when they played the Utah Jazz in the 98 finals, they were underdogs three times in those finals. Like, oh. they had finally, people were over them. People were like, there, there's a team that's sure. going to take this. That's how I feel about this game. Whether it was last week being the underdogs, whether it was, people are ready to finally say, okay, but mm. yeah, it, it's been great, and we're going to give you that credit, but it's over. And I don't see why and how you can do that until they lose this game. <laughs> I, I, how could the Chiefs be underdogs in any game? If you watch Sunday night, what they do and how they pull it together, of course they're losing late in the third quarter. Of course they make all the right plays. And of course it's the Bills. You know, stubbing their toe, doing fake punts and missing kicks and and missing receivers deep. The Chiefs don't do that. So to me, this is I'm not gonna say blasphemous. It's just head scratching. I I don't care if the Ravens went undefeated like the Patriots did that year. And this is still the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Kansas City Chiefs in every big game have shown up and every big game have taken care of business. And with the exception of the Cincinnati Bengals AFC Championship game, which they were up 21-3 and somehow lost, and Super Bowl to Tampa, and maybe the AFC Championship game that you guys beat them, Jason, back in what, 2018? Yeah, great game. Great game. Great game. It was in Arrowhead. You guys did the job. I don't know. I just, I'll take the wherewithal and the know-how and the Mahomes and the Kelsey and the Reed and, in this case, the Pacheco and the MVS <laughs> and the Harrison Butker and whoever else you want to name because – they found a way Sunday night just when it looked like it wasn't going to happen. They do, and they find a way time and time again. So going into a game with my heart, my gut, my, not, my mind, everything, I just have seen too much. I, I can't say that the Ravens, no matter how good they are, are the bullies or the favorites in this one. The, 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 that fan base right now, Baltimore, feels really good. They are anxious. They are nervous. The last thing they wanted to see was Mahomes fired up coming off mm-hmm. that locker room speech last week. Friend, you're absolutely right as far as when you're the champion. Someone has to knock you off to be the champions. But going into a game where you're saying who's favored, what do these teams look like, got to look at the facts and everything that's gone on for the Ravens this season because we've watched them and we've talked about it when they've beaten a team like the Lions when they were on top, when they've beaten the Dolphins, the 49ers, whatever team that seems to be the hottest team in the NFL, when they go against the Baltimore Ravens, whether it was at home or it was in Santa Clara, the Ravens come out on top and they come out in convincing fashion. So it made me start to think of like this Ravens team, what do they do against the good teams? Not just anybody you show, but the really good teams, the winning teams. Bring up the full screen for me, please. This is the Ravens against teams that finished the season with winning records. This includes the playoffs right there. That's awesome. 11 wins of winning football teams. You know how you go to a high school game where you're not familiar with the area and you're watching somebody's favorite team or a friend's kid is playing for that team and they're blowing them out. You're like, yeah, but is the other team any good or are they just dominant because they're better than everybody? The Ravens are beating up on your favorite teams and they're doing it week in and week out. And it's not really close. Nine of those games they've won by 14 or more points. That is the most in the NFL in the history of the game. Lamar Jackson has been unbelievable. We say it just, oh, yeah, they beat up on these teams. But when you go back and look at it, it is factual. So, yes, they should be favored in this game. Right now, as you look at that full screen and you see to the column to the right, one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl. 
might have to start to look at the Ravens like, hey, are they favored to win this thing all at this point in the season based off of what they've done? Now, who's going to win the game on Sunday? That'll come down to the X's and O's and the execution and all that. But as we talk about it today on Tuesday, I think the Ravens should be favored because of everything they've shown us this season, their ability to win games and win them in convincing Isn't fashion. This is the classic battle, though, of like mm. – tangibles, which you're giving. These are numbers. These are stats. This yeah. is what PFF says. This yeah, is how they've yeah. done it all season. They've got here. And then mine is just pure pure heart. Like, yeah. I just, I know that the, the Chiefs are coming. Like, they're coming. And, I, and that's the great debate of that's this sport. Thing. Like, how do you put a spread on that? But, Peter, you've had a good ride riding the Chiefs. You, you, you did brush quickly past that loss to the Bengals. Yeah. Like, that that did happen. It happened that, at that home. That did happen at home. Like, they, they are not completely omnipotent. And they feel like they are sometimes. They'll just find a way. They haven't always found a way. And they... They did make the big mistake against the Bills. That ridiculous fumble at the goal line at first. It was a terrible play call. It was a terrible play, and just the Bills made more mistakes. So, like, they definitely bleed. However, like, if you're the Chiefs fans, should they be underdog? Hope so. Hopefully. Mahomes is 8-3 and as an underdog. At this point, like, I think they've been so dominant for so long – they're looking for stuff. Like, there was this this obvious joy and novelty they were enjoying about being on the road. Like, after that, when they were like, yeah, we love Arrowhead, but this is kind of cool. It's kind of cool when they boo you and stuff, and it's cold. This, this is different. Snowball, it's something fun. fresh. Like, you know, it's like a relationship you need to freshen up after a while. Ooh. And also, I think that the, the underdog thing is part of that. I also think that, like, whenever it comes out, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, whenever the, the Mahomes documentary 10 part comes out, there's going to be this part, and you know Mahomes is going to be sitting there looking at the tablet, and he's going to be here seeing people talk about him. And then they thought we were underdogs at Baltimore, and it's going to be the meme and the gif, and he's going to be laughing, just like Jordan was probably laughing. Now, should Jordan have been underdogs? Listen, Peter, I, I don't know if we want to get into, into Greg Ostertag and Greg Foster and Brian Russell and Antoine Carr. Those Jazz teams were loaded. Loaded. They were big absolutely dog loaded. Antoine I'm Carr. telling you, big dog Antoine Carr. They were built to beat him. They had lost the year before. They lost twice in a row. So, like, I, I look at that Ravens defense. They're loaded. I, the Lamar thing is 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 going to be complicated. The defense, there's nothing complicated about the Ravens defense. They're ready to rock, and I don't think they're going to blow it by having Brian Russell get pushed off or Malone get stolen on the other end. There's a lot of similar to what's going on with the Bulls then and the Chiefs now, I think you want to be underdogs. Should they be? Yeah, probably. The Ravens are really good, and Jason just said they beat good teams and they're playing at home. But that's not like some uh, shot across the bow to Kansas City. Take it. Enjoy it. You almost always win. You're playing against a good opponent. Sometimes we get a storyline where we're like, all right, defensively, tight end, great. But these quarterbacks are such a gift. These quarterbacks are such a gift. We are so obsessed with the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen experience that did we not see the Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes experience coming? NFL Research had an awesome thing come out. This AFC Championship game, this matchup between these two quarterbacks, first ever time two former MVPs under the age of 30 are playing against mm-hmm. each other, which means this won't be the last time we see these two go at it. They've played four times. Mahomes has got the best three of them. The last game, though, that the Chiefs played and lost to the Ravens was the most recent matchup, and that one was played in Baltimore. It's it's awesome. Is it just the beginning? We've seen Mahomes and Allen seven times now. This will just be the fifth between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. But the fact that the two of them are gifting us this quarterback play, say what you want about the NFC and the defense in San Francisco, whatever. But the quarterback play, sometimes the storyline is such low-hanging fruit that you just have to say, pick that sweet pair from the storyline tree and have it be Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes. Because last weekend was fun. 
but I think this one is going to be even better because we're about to have perhaps two quarterbacks with two MVPs under yeah. their belt mm-hmm. each under the age of 30. How lucky are we in the AFC? I mean, you've got Allen and, and Mahomes that we did for all last week and we treated like that Super Bowl. Now you have Lamar and yeah. then waiting in the wings, you've got guys like... Herbert, who wants to get in there. You've got C.J. Stroud. You've got Joe Burrow, who's been injured. You've got all these different quarterbacks mm. that want to be next man up. I think the AFC is loaded with quarterback play. Jamie, you're right. I, I'm really excited for this. It's a whole different spin on, on Mahomes versus. We've had mm-hmm. the Burrow and the Allen. Now it's Lamar, next man up. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty Chiefs win this game. You think it's a wrap? There's a parade in Kansas City? I mean, I know the NFC, sure, it's great. But, like, to your point about the momentum and the find a way, they win mm. at Buffalo. They win at Baltimore, yeah, they're going to lose the Lions or Niners on It'd be hard site? to pick them as Stop. underdogs there, right? Yeah. Like For sure. Yeah. Just how, You think about the run for the Chiefs. You talked about it. Last year, they lose Tyreek Hill. They go on a Super Bowl yep. run. This year, they've struggled throughout the season. It's just like this. No way they win it this, this year. This isn't their year. They're not going to have <laughs> No way. If they do that to Buffalo, then to Baltimore, and on the way to Vegas, like that, that's just. These that's, dynasties, like. You sneak one here or there. Yes. Like, you don't – it's not always start to finish, we dominate, we dominate. It's like, you come on late. And like, the, even the last Brady Super Bowl with yes. Tampa, like, that team was dead. They were yes. going nowhere. And you kind of just snuck one at the end. The it's last like, one when we were in it. New England, come we on. had to go on a roll. We lost, to, we lost to Miami, then we lost to Pittsburgh. And it was just like, this team doesn't really have it. And when we had to go on a roll for that AFC Championship game, it was like, well, Brady's never won that championship game on the road. And you had to do it. And mm. then, obviously, the Super Bowl, 13-3, it was a Crazy. different type of one. So. If whoever emerges victorious from the NFC, you don't think that owner or manager is going to call Vegas and be like, can you just make us, can you make them the favorites? Just yeah, do us we, a we'll favor. The like, they don't need them yeah. to be the underdog. Yeah. They've already had that narrative enough. All right, Tom Pelissero, good morning to you. A uh, couple big names. A Flowers has come on as a wide receiver for the Ravens, obviously. But do, does Baltimore also get another huge offensive weapon back for the AFC Championship? Jamie, it seems to be trending that direction. The Ravens star tight end. Mark Andrews does have a chance to play in Sunday's AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, according to Coach John Harbaugh. Now, this was always the target since Andrews suffered a cracked fibula and an ankle ligament injury back in Week 11. He was a full participant in practice toward the tail end of last week, was not activated for injured reserve at that time, but a good sign that he is headed here in the right direction. Harbaugh said probably will practice this week. If he's ready to play, then Harbaugh said he will play. In other playoff tight end news, the Lions have a new one. It is three-time Pro Bowl tight end Zach Ertz, who has been waiting for the right spot since he got his release from the Cardinals back in late November. My understanding is Ertz signing to the practice squad. There's a real chance here that he could be elevated and play in the NFC Championship game this week. This is a situation where Ertz has some familiarity. His old tight ends coach from Arizona, Steve Hyden, is now on staff in Detroit. They just lost their number two tight end, Brock Wright, to a forearm injury. So now the rookie sensation Sam Laporta potentially teaming up with the veteran star Zach Ertz in Detroit as he tries to pursue a second Super Bowl ring. In other news, late last night, the Tennessee Titans have a new head coach. It is the former Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, who had a second interview with Tennessee on Monday. And this felt like an old-school coaching search. They simply didn't let him out of the building. Callahan was supposed to be on a plane last night to Carolina for a second interview with the Panthers. Today, he also had a second interview set up on Wednesday with the Falcons. But the Titans had identified him early in the process. They believed that they had their guy. Now they land their top pick. 
Callahan did not call the plays in Cincinnati. That was Zach Taylor's responsibility. My understanding is he is expected to call the plays in Tennessee. He's got a long lineage of working with really, really good quarterbacks, going to Derek Carr, Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, and most recently Joe Burrow. Peyton Manning has been a big advocate for Brian Callahan, going back to their days together during the Broncos' last Super Bowl run with Manning in the lineup. Anybody who would ask Peyton Manning, he would tell them, Brian Callahan is a guy who should be her head coach. Now he's the Titans head coach set to work with Will Levis starting next season. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. So the Lions, as we mentioned, prepare to take on the 49ers. The 49ers hosting the Lions on Sunday. This is the first time the Lions have advanced to an NFC Championship game since the 1991 season. Peter, what happened in that game? Can we go to RFK Stadium? Let's January do it. 12, oh, let's go. 1992. 41-10, Washington rolls. I want to see the greatest Gatorade shower ever. Watch how unfazed Joe Gibbs is here. He just gets doused with Gatorade, like kind of flinches, and then just goes right along, smiles. Well, that was fun. A uh, lot of famous players on this Washington team. A lot of famous players on this Detroit team, including Herman Moore and, of course, Barry Sanders and the quarterback that day, Eric Kramer. It did not go well, but that is the last time that the Lions have played an NFC Championship game. Washington, of course, would go on to beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. Peter Schrager celebrating Throwback Thursday on a Tuesday. It's obviously been a minute for Detroit. So what does another trip to the NFC Championship game mean for Lions fans, Jason? Uh, I look at this, and you went back to 91, which is so cool just to see all of those guys, seeing Ernest Biner in there. He was a running backs coach when I was in Tennessee, my rookie year, EB, representing back in the day. But I look at this, and I don't go all the way back to 91. I go back to the origin story of this Lions football team when it started with Dan Campbell, January 21st of 2021. Roll the clip of Dan Campbell, please. Mm. This team's going to be built on – uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing. So we talked about we're going to be going best arrival fits to the Sunday games by the players. Dan Campbell showed up. He has the blue shirt on. He has the hair going, the whole thing going. And I look at Dan Campbell in that press conference. And if you want to be amused, just go back on Twitter and find that press conference and go read the comments mm. of what fans were just saying. All right, Lions, start your coaching search for 2022. Yeah. This won't last three years. Fans were absolutely going in. Members of the sports media were just going in on Dan Campbell, the biting kneecaps. And all of that. And it was almost like a big joke back in 2021. And you fast forward to now and everything that's gone on in between it. Dan Campbell only won three games his first year as a Lions head coach. That next year, they started that season off one and six. That is four, four games winning in his first 24 as a head coach for the Detroit Lions. 
But they had a plan, and they believed in what Dan Campbell was preaching. The players bought into what he was selling. We watched him on Hard Knocks. We watched Aaron Glenn, Deuce Dale. We watched the way this coaching staff came together, the way they challenged the players, and how they all were accountable. We watched Jamal Williams stand up and be in tears on Hard Knocks. So you're trying to figure out whether this Lions team was for real or not. And they finished the season off so hot last year, and they carried it into this season, beating the Kansas City Chiefs week one. And then they've continued to roll throughout. And this is a team playing the NFC Championship game. When you ask what will it mean to the Lions, it'll be everything. Everything from 1991 when they lost that game to the Redskins to now of what they've gone through as a franchise, as fans, as members of that team to now be playing in the NFC Championship game, one game away from being able to represent that city in Super Bowl 58. It's just amazing to sit here as a fan and watch everything they've gone through. And this Lions team with Jared Goff at the helm, how fun they've been to watch. A lot of takes after that press conference. so many. uh, This is the best we can come up with to be a leader. A lot of people saying that about a lot of things now. Um, but listen, we, we, showed the, we showed the 1991, and I get it, and I scratched the nostalgia itch and everything. I think it's perfect, though, in this sense that, like, clearly in that game, they got behind early and they couldn't get Barry involved. Barry finished with 11 carries. I'm sure they wanted to have him 30 carries. He got 11. It's so different. If this Detroit team gets down, fine. I feel like they have the ability to come back. This yeah. is not 1991. They are not a Barry Sanders product. And there's also a take that I see now. It's like a really nice, sweet take about, you know, Lions fans, if, if you have any way to possibly do it, make the trip to this game. You never know when you're going to get in. It might be another 30 years. That's such BS. Stop saying that and stop thinking like that. If you can't go to the game or you don't want to or it's too expensive, don't go. You'll have playoff games next year. Like it's, This is not this thing about this is the one special year and next time it's going to be your grandkids it's so stupid this team is built you know what the point this is like for fans it's a business trip we're going to win this game and we're going to go to the super bowl do you know like there's a million things to talk about here one first of all it'd be very cool if jared goff wins this game he'll be the fifth guy ever to start a tuple for two different teams super bowl that's like that's a really five people ever and it's like it's kurt and it's 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 peyton and it's great it'd be a great list Mm. but also like we're going to talk about this all week. I think there's an expectation, like they're kind of showing up to, to give the Niners a good game, and then the Shanahan machine's going to run over them. The Debo Samuel injury is massive, massive. Have you seen these numbers? These are going to be really, really hot this week. With Debo Samuel in the lineup and healthy under Kyle Shanahan, the Niners are 53-23. and 23. It's an amazing record. Yeah. Without Debo, they are 8-9. and nine. They are a sub-500 team. Hmm. It, it plummets. He's a huge difference maker. So even if he does go this week, I don't know if it's going to be real Debo. I'm telling you, I, my pinky is itching on this pick, on the Lions at the Niners. I like what they have going. So fans, yes, it's fun. It's exciting. But two weeks ago, you took care of that. Oh, my God, we're in the playoff. You took care of it. And you won. And then guess what? You won again. So that's all done. If you want to go to the game because you think it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I'm telling you, it's not. It's not a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Mm. Go. Great. Have your fun. If you don't, but if you don't, you go next year and the year after that. You have great players and a great coach. But this is one of these years where it just feels like, wait, we went to the Rose Bowl for Michigan. Mm. We went to Houston to watch Michigan go win a national title. We watched the game on Sunday night against the Rams where we won by a point. We went to the game on Let's get the band together. Let's go on the road and let's just keep this thing riding. I feel like they should appreciate every moment because sure. they've earned it. You they might be broke, Peter. I don't know. I don't, hey, all those games, hey, my gosh. The auto industry is doing just fine, Kyle. <laughs> I hope so. All right, I let's go. Uh, <laughs> How many games are we going to fly through? Keep it going. Uh, I look at what this fan base has been through. We saw Eric Kramer and Andre Ware. I'm sure Rodney Pete took a snap in that game also. Uh, look at the starting quarterbacks just from week one. 
since the 91 season. Just to think about the different eras. It's not like it's this list of the Browns quarterbacks because Stafford played in a bunch of them. It's not like they've had... But you're talking about Stoney K started week one. In Why isn't Stoney K from 1942? Stoney like 2000? <laughs> Charlie Batch had an era where they won a bunch of games. Scott Mitchell was pretty good, took him to the playoffs. Mike McMahon, Rutgers guy, he was in there. Harrington was a third overall pick. Kitna, of course, comes on over from the Bengals and started three different opening... So it's not this crazy, but you could really find yourself as a Lions fan. Think about the uniforms. Mm-hmm. Think about the Thanksgiving days. Think about all the week ones. And it's like, we have a new era now. And it's the golf era. And I, I am pretty confident it's going to be the Campbell era for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, unless these offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator both get poached, what they might, there's going to be some consistency with the way that this team plays. To your point, I don't think it's a flash in a pan. I certainly don't think this is a one-and-done team where next year they're on the rebuilding chain. If I'm a Lions fan, I'm really enjoying this ride, but I'm with you on this thing. I'm getting settled in because I don't think it's just one year. And I, my, my, just my final point. I, I, I'm going to go so far now as I'm going to say, don't go to this game. Don't go to this game. You know You're why? That confident. You know Are they why? allowed to go to Las Vegas? You know why? Save the money for Las Vegas. Just put it that way. you got another trip going on. That's what I'm going to say. You're that confident. On Tuesday. Okay. So your pinky, oh. your pinky is not—it's not itching anymore. It's—it's it's set. It is actually steady. That pinky has become. I'm liking the lines. I'm liking the lines. Don't go to San Francisco. Go to Vegas. Okay. Fourth quarter. Dan Campbell versus Kyle Shanahan in a showdown here, and you, it's going to be their offense. See, I like what you're getting into because yeah. it's like, oh, it's the genius yeah. versus the well, caveman. Yeah, like he's. Yeah. You ever seen the Lions' offensive coordinator? Is he pretty sharp? Like, yeah. you think they got anybody yeah. in that staff who can coach? It's not just Shanahan. We bow down to you, all right? Like, oh, you, you got McCaffrey. We got Gibbs. Yeah. We got Kittle. We got Laporta. Like, yeah. we got guys. We got coaches. Like, go to Vegas. Mm, Vegas. Well, also, Lions fans, just like inherently, they just belong a little bit more in Vegas. Like, that is that so. one of their people. It is their personality trait. <laughs> uh, you know, Napa is fine and it's all well and good. This is like, auto industry versus tech. I love this. Oh, this is, this is Gen- General Motors versus Facebook. Let's, <laughs> Steve Jobs oh. versus Joe Lewis. Let's nice. go. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, so some seasons ended as well as others going on on Saturday and Sunday, and we're going to focus we and we out on one of the teams that lost. We start with a controversial finish to the Buccaneers and Lions that might not have been picked up in real time by everyone at home, but has been dissected time and time again in the post game. Let's get through it here. Okay, look at the score and the time. It's 31-23. Clock is ticking. It's third and twelve. The Lions, with still 18 seconds, 17 on the clock and the play clock, decide to snap it early instead of letting the clock bleed out. So they snap it. There's 36 seconds left with a timeout for Tampa. They hypothetically or realistically could force Detroit to kick a field goal from 47 yards away right here. Or punt. Or punt. Mm -hmm. And they're still 23, 22. Instead, Todd Bowles opts not to use that final timeout. We're on the field already shaking hands. I'm screaming on my couch at home. Call a timeout. I don't care if they're shaking hands. Call a timeout. Call. You force Badgley to kick a long field goal. You force a punt. You get the ball back with about 25 seconds, down eight if they miss. Uh, but no, it was time for celebrations, and the clock bleeds to zero. Mm-hmm. 
So they don't use the timeout. It's a clock management head scratcher. And yesterday, Todd Bowles was asked yet again why he didn't use the timeout. And here's what Coach Bowles had to say. The gentleman's agreement, they were in field goal range. Uh, we'd have had 12 seconds calculated after using that timeout to come back from it. Then we would have been down 11 points. It's kind of pointless. You kind of know when the game is over, and the game was over. Okay, so Bucks fans are having a field day with this. What do you mean the game's over? We're supposed to play to the end and mm-hmm, all this mm-hmm, stuff? Mm-hmm. The statement is this, because I didn't play the game. I didn't coach the game. Maybe I don't know some of the rules within the rules here, but the statement is this. Todd Bowles is being unfairly criticized for not using that final timeout against the Lions. Jason, we in or we out? Out, out. I don't think, I don't think it's unfairly criticism. So many coaches always say, like, we're going to finish out the game. We're going to play. There was still time left. I will say. The fact that Todd Bowles didn't call timeout after the first kneel down for Dan Campbell and the Lions, you could be looking at it as, all right, well, he's not going to use the timeout. So now there's no second thought into, all right, let's run it, play clock all the way down. If he calls timeout after the first time, but to Bowles' credit, if you don't do that and they give you that opportunity, you have to take advantage of it because now you force decisions for Dan Campbell. You just said a 47-yard field goal. Do we go for a 47-yard field goal and risk the chance of it being blocked and possibly returned or just missing the kick and now giving them great field position to be able to go down there, score, get the two-point conversion, and go on to overtime? For Bulls, you have to at least give your team that chance when they, don't do, you any, when they do you a favor yeah. and snap the ball early. Now, I'm not saying my guy Greg Shannon, he was with Tampa Bay. I'm not saying you have to, on the kneel down, go all out and be going for the ball. That's, that's a different level, but I still need to see a little bit more fight from the Bucks. Game probably over here. Probability-wise, they're probably not going to win, but there's time left on the clock. Yeah, listen, I've never been more out on one of these topics. This is ludicrous. Either he completely messed up and just lost track of things, which is incompetent, or there really was some sort of intangible gentleman's agreement with Dan Campbell and they have a past and everything, which is that's not football. Like, that's not what you do. I, I, I don't even want to hear the word probability or likelihood from my last dying breath. Here, let's get to the football of it, all right? They either punt or they do kick a field goal and they miss. I don't think Michael Badgley's going to the Hall of Fame as a kicker yet. Off the upright, bang. You got a few seconds. They haven't guarded Mike Evans all day. You got probably two plays. You hit a 20-yarder to Evans, and then you got a strong-arm Baker Mayfield who's at the worst is going to chuck one in the end zone. But then you're like, yeah, but then you'd have to make the two. So maybe they make the two. We'll never know. It's the playoffs. Your whole team this year was about never say die and keep fighting to the last breath. Baker Mayfield's whole life has been about that. Either he completely blew it or has a really cockamamie excuse about a gentleman's agreement. It's nonsense. I think Bucks fans should be pissed off. Uh, also out, three for three on the out. Did he not get the script from the NFL in advance knowing that Tyler Bass is going to miss a 44-yarder? I mean, it's just three yards longer. Like, mm. easily could miss it, easily could reset the field position. The television shot hanging on Dan Campbell. Like, Peter, you know, when they get up the line of scrimmage, the director's like, never miss a snap. Like, that is the rule in television. You never miss a snap, especially at the end of the game, even if it is in victory formation. This shot right here, I'm like, well, why are we looking at Dan Campbell? Aren't they, what are we what are we doing? It's, there were so many layers to the not calling of the timeout, the snapping of the ball. This is like 
TV 101 of like, and the game, here comes the music, get They're your title card ready, ready. Right, yeah. let's get our post-game show on the air. Go to the old guy in the get stands. Get seven yeah. minutes, exactly. Everybody line up your camera, Why seven minutes. Why weren't any ready. of the Bucks calling Take timeouts? Camera. Exactly. Not hit, not just coach, like anybody but can not, also, they said So earlier earlier they called their third timeout, but there was a penalty, so they yes. got their timeout back. So they got they, these big scoreboards here with a little dot on it. We got a timeout, <laughs> a bing, oh, let's call so one. I thought originally it was a mistake <laughs> in, the, in the production truck at NBC yeah. to accuse, but yeah. I thought, well, they might, they might have accidentally, it might visually say there's a timeout. There's certainly no timeout. Yeah. Like they would have called a timeout. Certainly. I was wrong. The NBC truck was nails. They were right. They had it right. Now, here's the other thing. Bowles is on the headsets. There are a million other people yes. within the Bucks organization. Yeah. Is nobody screaming? Or is it all, everybody's all in on this gentleman's agreement field? The last thing is, Ragnow might be the best center in football. What's he doing snapping the ball with 19 seconds left to go mm-hmm. on the ball? Yeah. Block? Mm-hmm. It was bad all around. It was bad on both sides. The fact that 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 Bowles is getting crushed is fine, but Ragnow and the Lions yeah. hiking the ball with 20 seconds left on the play clock yeah. when the other team has a timeout left is inexplicable too. Again, I don't coach. I don't know those conversations. I don't know if Bowles is calling timeouts and baits him into it. If Dan Campbell afterwards, like, that was the dirtiest thing we've ever seen that violates mm-hmm. the code of coaches. From a fan and from a media standpoint, it just seems like everyone dropped the ball. Yeah, and Dan Campbell said it after. We we, we didn't do that the right way of ending the game. Is that right? Clock management. He said that after. I hate hate the take that they wouldn't have got in anyway. You oh, don't no, know don't that. Know That's that. ridiculous. Have you ever watched playoff that. football? You can't do that. In June when they're doing their OTAs, and in July when they're sweating out, they don't. Well, you know, thirty second. Yeah, just because as soon as Baker, I don't want to run this sprint. No, as soon as Baker <laughs> throws that interception. Everybody on Tampa right now, you have people in there that are crunching the numbers. All right, sure. there's a minute and 33 left. All right, they have a minute and 20. Did not count how much time to each play. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to have 12 seconds left on the clock. If we use it. Like, you know those type of things going in. But. This is – Bozos is, is like a made guy. is a respected guy. Different coach. An, yeah. Annihilation right now. Do respect – like, Brandon Staley or somebody who's younger like that. Like, it's evisceration. But, like, yeah, Bowles is soft-spoken. Respected, soft-spoken. It's a terrible decision. Players love him, all yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I don't get it. All right, last one. Jacoby Jones was the Ravens' legendary captain in the divisional round, and there are rumors around Baltimore that Terrell Suggs is rumored to potentially be in the house for Sunday's AFC Championship game. Remember, Suggs had this long, historic, likely Hall of Fame career mm-hmm. in Baltimore where he won one Super Bowl, but then he actually ended his career as a Super Bowl champion with the Chiefs in 2019 down in Miami That's when they weird. beat the Niners. <laughs> Suggs was a player for both the Chiefs and the Ravens. So, knowing Ravens lore and Ravens history, guys, Terrell T. Sizzle Suggs should be the Ravens honorary legend <laughs> on Sunday. Let me just add one little note here before we do it. Bane Mask is allowed to be included. Are we in or are we out? If you remember, he used to come out with yes. Bane Mask. What you I like that. I, I'm in on this. I, I, don't, I have no reason to be out on Terrell Suggs being the honorary captain for the Baltimore Ravens. He's a Ravens legend. Had so much, so many plays there. Historic career there, of course. And then when you preface it with the Jacoby Jones and he was a Houston Texan and all, it just makes sense for Terrell Suggs to be the next guy coming up. So I'm all in on Terrell Suggs as honorary captain. It's awesome. How do you beat it? It's perfect. However, yep. let me just, like, what if, what if we got a, what if we got that, what's my guy's name? Isaiah Whitlock Jr. You know the guy from Wire. Wire. Uh. And if, if they came out and said, 
you know, do you think the Chiefs are going to beat you today? He just goes, eee. you know, like his catchphrase. I think yeah. the place would go crazy. Why not? I'm yeah. just trying to zag. Lean into it. I yeah, like it. I like that, too. Uh, I only will accept Terrell Suggs if Jimmy Eat World is playing at halftime. You want the Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, like, I think <laughs> the two, I think deal. it has to go hand in hand. Uh, I think Sizzle Eat World. Yes. Sizzle and, and the Eat World. Sizzy uh, Eat World. Sizzle in the middle. Uh, Sizzle in the middle. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, if you're just watching, Jimmy Eat World performed at halftime. <laughs> Explain it, Peter. Very random. Who did, Peter? You're referring to him like the Rolling Stones. Jimmy <laughs> Eat World. They are a band from the 2000s. They were tied 10 to 10. Jimmy Eat World played a three-song set, and they ended up winning the game 34-10. They never looked back. Jimmy Eat World might have been the real secret sauce of that win. I will just throw in some other names. Tell me yay or nay. Could you bring Joe Flacco back? <laughs> I thought about it. Uh, why, not? No. 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 why not? Why not? Brown. Oh. The clock resets. He won the soup. games yeah. in the division. Right. Ray Lewis or Ed Reed? Is oh. that, is, kind I mean, of been done. They're legends. They yeah. kind of been done. Ray was there last week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like the Flacco. I like Isaiah Whitlock Jr. I like it too. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.